This is Wired Up with Matt Kennedy and Jerry Peralta on KMSA 91.3. Some say that it would not happen. I say that it will. Today's the first time we're not talking football on the show. God. And a tear is going to be shed from my eye. <laughs> yes, it is true. I'm waiting for a storm or something. To it is hit. true. We're not talking football today. I think for the first time in, oh man, maybe about a year. I think that's, yeah, probably the first time in forever that we're not actually talking about something related to a pigskin today. We're still talking Colorado sports. Matt Kennedy, Jared Peralta, 91.3 FM, KMSA, music for the Colorado Mesa University Mavericks. Today on the show, it's going to be good. I'm excited for it. Denver Nuggets, how are they doing? They're doing pretty well. Doing really well. Number two in the West. We're going to talk about how they will do in the playoffs. And are we concerned? A because little bit. they've been up and down. Unsure. These well, last couple of games have have me questioning their play. But I'm not that concerned yet. Jerry's already getting to it. He's already naming yeah. your... We're gonna talk about it first. I, let, I mean, me, let, let, me, let me let me finish my stick. I mean, let me let me finish my stick. Jim. Okay, okay. I'm you, do you, no, you, I'm do you. You're fine. you do no, you. You do you. Whatever. <laughs> After Nuggets, we're gonna jump into Colorado Rockies, the three and four, Colorado Rockies, third in the NL West. Team on a seven game roadstead, lost four in a row. Finally won yesterday against the Tampa Bay Rays. And today's their off day. Tomorrow they have opening day at Coors Field against the. L.A. Dodgers, and joining us on today on the show at about 4.30, Drew Creaseman from BSN Rockies in BSN Denver will be joining us on Wired Up to talk some Rockies previewing tomorrow and then talking about how the team in purple has done so far this year. We're going to discuss, discuss their bullpen, their starting rotation, and they're abysmal, and I mean that wholeheartedly because it's true. They're abysmal hitting so far this year. Uh, Minus their first two games. You don't even want. I don't even know if I can have it in me to go into that those that hitting stand that they were in. We'll talk about it, Jerry. Yeah. We'll talk about how we'll, we'll we'll see, and we'll actually get some professional opinion, Jerry. I'm loving how we've been getting these guests. You know, like yeah. we're a college radio station, and it doesn't take much to actually get guests on the show. We had Dave Logan, big start. Yeah. Well, actually, no. We'll track it back a little bit. We've had like Bryce Reedy, Tyler. Couple guys from local DJ who we know personally as friends have on the show. They're sporting guys. Yep. They have great knowledge. But then we just jumped to a whole nother ship with Dave Logan. <laughs> yeah. We, we went straight to the professional guys. Yeah, just like well, not to say that Tyler and Bryce are yeah. professionals. I mean they I mean they, they know they are professional. Actually, Tyler yeah, they, is they, technically a professional. Professional on air broadcaster. Yes. He does that. And yes. then and then uh and Bryce, Re- Bryce, Bryce works Reedy. with Division One Sports. Yeah, so I mean, it's not that they're not professionals. We're just let's get that clear. But then Dave Logan. But then Dave Logan, the man, Dave Logan, the guy who you mention in Colorado. You know, everybody. He's a legend. Yeah, a lot of He's people a automatically know state. who you're talking about. We jumped on him, and then last week we had Indy Lindall on the show. Yeah, and former was, Denver Broncos sideline reporter <laughs> of 20 years plus. It was funny talking to Tyler about that one, and I told you about our <laughs> that interaction. Tyler uh, said, how do you get Andy Lindell? And Jerry's like, well, I mean, are you surprised we had Dave? Now you're surprised that we had Andy? No, I'm, I'm like, not surprised. I'm like, look at who look at who my co-host is. And then today <laughs> we're today we're sticking in the Denver region, getting a Rockies guy in Drew Creaseman, a professional uh, journalist slash um, podcaster. So he does the daily uh, BSN Rockies podcast. You can listen to that on Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, wherever and whenever. So today, the Denver Nuggets. Yes. Are coming off of the most recent win against the San Antonio Spurs last night in a very, very weird game. It was very, uh, and I mean weird because Greg Pop- Popovich got ejected in the first sixty-three seconds of the game, got two technicals, and he was out. Yeah, Nikola Jokic style. Yeah, what's Jerry, been going Jerry, on? That's with- a, Jerry, that's an NBA record. Yeah, what's been going on <laughs> with ejected. like? I just have to say, like, what's been going on with all these ejections? I just don't know. Every refs have been. <laughs> Like happy, yeah. I mean, it happened with in the game with the Nuggets versus the Gold, the Warriors a couple days ago, where Kevin Durant was technically had was 
ejected yep. from the game. Yep. And he didn't even do anything. He was being held back by by his team. You know, he, he wasn't. No, nothing was thrown. No punches were thrown well, or anything. But he was shouting at the ref, and then the ref obviously didn't hear something or heard something he didn't like, and he was like, "Okay, uh-uh, technically." If you're you want, if you want to talk about the Warriors, I pr- I think, and a lot of Denver fans think, and maybe a majority of the NBA fans think that they're a bunch of crybabies. I'm not gonna lie. I love the Warriors. I love Steph Curry. I love KD. Love Steve Kerr. But man, when you're good and you know it, there's two ways you can act. You can act cocky or you can act confident. Warriors, a lot of the times, acting cocky, therefore they're maybe a little bit babyish. I'm, I, I've seen it a few times this season, yeah. and I saw a couple days ago when they beat the Nuggets. But anyways, Jerry, anyways, let, let's get into this. Let's stay on track. The Nuggets' most recent win against the Spurs last night was their biggest win in a couple of weeks via points-wise, but I'm not sure how confident I am that it meant anything worth looking at. Did that win pass? And did it really make up for the loss two games ago against the Warriors that happened in Golden State and a rather diminishing loss to the Nuggets' ego, to the Denver fans' ego? We've lost the last couple of games against the Warriors, Jerry. Yeah. I mean, needless to say, they have been played in Oakland. But, I mean, we are less than five to six games away from the postseason and we lost our last game against the Rockets and then to the Warriors. We lose against the Wizards. It's uh, and I'm and we still got that two seed. We're probably going to face the Spurs in the uh, first round of the playoffs. But Jerry, no, I don't know. No, man. no, actually, to cut you off on that one, what are you cutting you off for? Um, if if we win, if the Nuggets stay in second, they don't play the Spurs. They play the Thunder. The Spurs are eighth. Well, yeah, in, in well, standings I'm, right I'm, now. I'm basically saying that we may be playing the Spurs. Maybe I, I'm thinking that's going to happen. I don't think we'll play the Thunder. I think we're I think we're going to end up playing the Spurs the way that it's going to. It's, it's it can fluctuate. It's going to fluctuate the next couple of games. But Popovich got ejected in the first minute into the game last night, which may have taken a lot of motivation away from the Spurs. That's 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 all I'm saying. The Spurs did not look highly motivated last night, and the Nuggets they they performed well. Yeah, it was a good game. Jokic had a triple double. Um, Beasley. And I think it was who else off the bench came in off did pretty good. Uh, it was Monty Morris. He came off the bench and both of them scored 19 points for the five Nuggets starters scored in double digits. Jokic had a triple double, 20 points, 11 rebounds and 11 assists. But I mean, again, it's, it comes with this, this question whole thing. I mean, how confident can you be? I mean, Jokic though, and I'm all over the place, but I just want to emphasize one thing. Jokic is awesome. Best player yeah. on the team. And when you're getting high praise from Rick Popovich, it's pretty good. Here's what Pop had to say after the game in the loss. The Nuggets were great tonight. Uh, they played uh, good D, active, uh, committed. Offense was great. They made shots. And from our end, you know, it's hard to uh, be that poor shooting and win, you know, home or road. But... Uh, if you're shooting the way we did, it's going to affect every part of your game. And they took advantage of it and uh, got us good. So that's the name of the game. Not much else to it. What prompted the ejection? You'll have to ask the officials that. Was it a miscommunication? You'll have to ask the officials that. Anybody else got anything on the game? It was the quickest ejection in NBA history. Any reaction to that? Do you have any questions or are you just giving me facts? <laughs> I kept that playing because I, I, I remember that second part of the interview. Pop just, oh, man. Oh, got to love Pop. Man. He's one of the greatest of all time. I he, mean, um, he did get ejected. Pretty and quickly. When the altitude, that was, by the way, that was brought to you. Um, that was uh, on Altitude Sports on, on their post game on, on, their, uh, on their YouTube channel. But, um, yeah, Pop, man, he gives high praise to Nikola Jokic. He is a coach that I would love to see Jokic under one time. I, I would love that, to see that combination. But if you're getting high praise by the pop man himself, you got to feel pretty good about yourself. Jokic, like I yeah. said, 20 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists, and a triple-double. He led the he led the Nuggets last night to that big win. His his passing was great. He got in the basket, scored a lot of points for the Nuggets. And that um, c- confident win for Denver last night. But, Jerry, here we, are going, here we are moving forward. And I wrote down in our notes, I would not be surprised. If Denver did not make it to the Western Conference Finals, 
I would. You would be surprised. I would, and here's my reasoning why. This win against San Antonio, you can argue that maybe it wasn't as important to the matchup or going in going forward for the Nuggets in the season. But if you look at it from a technical standpoint, when the Nuggets earlier on in the season or a little a couple of weeks ago when they went on their four-game road stand where they went to play Golden State, the Lakers, San Antonio, they lost three of those four games, three of those four games, one of those being San Antonio. And I believe that win, this win against San Antonio is a big confidence booster for this Nuggets team who they need a lot of they need a lot of confidence going into this the playoffs. They they're gonna have to play teams like the uh, OK Oklahoma City. They're gonna have there's big possibilities. They're gonna have to play teams like the the Clippers, the the Spurs yet again. If they make it far enough, they're gonna have to face teams like the Trailblazers, Rockets, and if they can get there, face the Warriors. So I believe going forward, if they do lose out, it's gonna be very surprising to me because just of how young this team is and how. And in all honesty, this is a young team who has a lot of confidence in them going forward. Yeah, you drop a couple of games to Golden State, and yes, you drop a little more to games to like the Wizards. But considering where they are now in the standings, how well they've played this entire season, 52 and 26, the best record by the Nuggets in a long time, sitting second in the Western Conference, you couldn't ask for better play from a young team than this looking at the Nuggets schedule coming up they play the Trailblazers in their next game and a couple games left here I'm not entirely sure how confident I am I stated that the Nuggets I can see them in the Western Conference Finals but I don't think they would be much of a threat to this Golden State team Golden State is so confident in themselves right now and I and I just said that they're cocky, but but they are a confident team, Jerry. Let's yep. let, let's see. Let's see. The guys that are on the team right now, I think this will be the last season that we're seeing this group of guys on that Warriors team. Yeah, there's a Katie lo- may be leaving. We know Boogie Cousins is going to leave after this year. Uh, I'm positive that Steph Curry is going to stay. Um, but there, along with, along with Clay Thompson, but it's it's I don't this, we're not going to see this lineup next year. Yeah, there's but and there's a lot riding on this Warriors team to get one more championship, especially considering the fact that a lot of these players are going are not staying in Golden State. They are going to go to different teams. I think KD is probably going to the Knicks. Yeah, probably going to, the Knicks. to so, the Knicks. So Jerry, so Jerry, look if we if you watched that game a couple nights ago in Oakland, KD lit us up. Yeah, he absolutely just went off. He was confident. He was dunking on us. For that entire second quarter, if you go back and watch the highlights, it's just dunk, dunk, dunk. Fans are going crazy. Nuggets look tired. For a team that lacks in star power and experience, you have to make up for it with hustle and heart. Denver has not showed that in their biggest losses in recent memory. They did not show it against the Rockets, and they have not showed it against Golden State. So when you're in Playoff mode, and when the guys who are on these Western Conference teams, when a lot of them have players with MVPs on them, if you're talking about the Rockets, Thunder, and Warriors alone, those teams combine their experience with their drive and their hunger to win that championship that either they have already won or they're still looking for that they have come so close to before. These Nuggets, Jer have never experienced, and I know I've been the biggest proponent to experience all year, like we've heard clips from Stephen A., all the people like Jalen Rose, whoever within the NBA, doubt the Nuggets due to to their lack of experience. Now we're seeing that become more of a reality as we get towards this time. The NBA players in the Western Conference or Eastern Conference, whatever, veterans, turn it up at this time. I'm just super blessed that, that LeBron's is out at this point. But when you're looking at it, if we face the Thunder or the Spurs in the first round, you're t- and, 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 I'm, and I'm speaking to, and when I say you, I don't mean Jerry, I just mean second person in general. You're telling me that the Nuggets as a two seed should be beating these teams. But how likely is it that we get knocked out because our hustle is not there. 
and our, and our lack of experience would end up hurting us more than it should. Uh, how possible is it? It's very possible, but this is how I'm looking at it from this Nuggets team. All season, everybody has doubted this team. They're too young. There's no way they're going to be able to do anything here. They, the, I, I, I believe in the preseason rankings, they weren't even predicted to be make playoffs yet again. Mm, I think they were. I don't remember. Either way. Either way. Like six or something. They... They weren't getting the recognition from analysts like they, you know, like they are getting from them now. And going back to experience, yes, this team is young. Yes, they don't have a lot of experience in these kinds of situations. But for them, I believe come playoffs, that's when you're going to see them really kick it up a notch because a you this is a team who's been doubted all season. Nobody's really given them the chance. Mm-hmm. B, they they have a lot more to prove to the NBA, to this team, versus or to the NBA, rather than themselves. And I don't mean to coach off here, but we're going to go, when we come back, we're going to jump on Rockies. We're going to give our own intake and preview before Drew Creaseman joins us on the show. When we come back, Rockies talk, Matt Kennedy, Jared Peralta, word up. Honey, isn't it amazing? What? The sacrifice, the dedication, the grit. I mean, they really set an example, don't they? Oh, well, no question. Today's high school athletes are truly special. Not the athletes. Woohoo. The officials. Oh. Today's student athletes are truly special. But there's something pretty great about the men and women who officiate their games, too. Like the way they're giving back to their communities. Officiating is a terrific way to stay in shape, meet new people, and stay connected to the game you love. But the biggest reason of all? We need more qualified high school officials here in Colorado. And without them, the rest of us would have a whole lot less to cheer about. High school games need officials. High school sports need you. Great call, Ralph. Yeah. Interested in becoming a licensed high school official? Go to highschoolofficials.com to learn more and begin the application process. Back here, Marta, making me jerk for all to 425 non-West Time, 93FM, KMSA, Music Cool Maps, live on your radio dials. Going to move rather quickly, rather swiftly, but rather smoothly at the exact same time. Call to Rocky's talk. Very Mr. interesting. Right We're smooth. Very smooth. We're very smooth. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, the Rockies, man, it's, it's, again, it's already a week into the season. You can't judge it. There's 162 games in a season, but seven games in, I saw a headline from Denver, from the Denver Post on their sports on their sports Facebook page, it says, "Can a team be eliminated from the playoffs cont- from playoff contention without playing a single home game yet?" Denver Post is doubting the Rockies already. Jeez. After these seven games and what we have seen, you know what? I ca- I kind of get it. <laughs> Denver, the two series in Florida definitely exposed the Rockies and the worries that we are going to have for this year. We said we thought we were going to have. It's a real thing. It has been hard to watch Colorado this last week after starting the year 2-0 in the first two games against Miami. The Rockies have scored only two runs, Jerry, in the last 41 innings. And Chris Ionetta's hit in the 11th inning last night was, or yesterday, sorry, not last night, but yesterday, was the first hit in that game since Tapia's leadoff single in the fifth of that same game. So they won like six innings without a single hit. Yeah. Through seven games, played thus far, the played thus far, the Rockies' batting average is 197, and the slugging percentage as a team is 283. This team is not performing to its normal standard, even no. in spring training. The staff was performing better in the Cactus League. The team batting average was 262, and you can fluctuate that all you want depending on all the minor league guys and how many times they got at bats, but whatever. It was better than yeah. what it is now, 262. Yeah. And the team on base percentage was 33.2%. They're getting on base. I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm not sure how much I'm concerned. But through this early, early part of the season, a little bit of concern. There's concern, like I just said, at the plate and in the pitching. Yeah. Ramon Marquez and Kyle Freeland have been excellent, but there are weaknesses. Definitely. Um 
and going back to just the batting average, this has shown over these past seven games, the Rockies have been outplayed, outscored by 25 to 17 runs in these seven games. That's how this is. This is a cause for concern at this point. You have a batting lineup where, which on paper would tell you, man, this is going to be great. You know, you, you have these guys who could come in and really get things going and your highest batting average for your team is sitting at about a 308 batting average. And that's for David Dahl, who's the highest right now. That's a that's a big cause for concern, and especially coming from other guys like Nolan Arenado, who are sitting at a two fifty. Mm, it's not it's not the it's not, it's not, not the, as bad. It's not as bad as it can be. David Dahl, by the way, he's already struck out ten times. He has been solid. But when you got guys like the Dodgers with Cody Bellinger who's hitting a 438 and has hit five home runs, maybe about 12 RBIs for him. The difference is night and day. Yeah. And we're playing them tomorrow. It's very... It's, it's, pardon me if I'm a little bit concerned for this season. I know, I know Colorado fans are quick to judge. That's what we're known for. We're quick to throw in the towel. But the way that last season ended in that NLDS series against the Milwaukee Brewers, the way we got swept, Cherry... The lack of runs that we produced... It's starting to show its head again. Hasn't really left from last year. It's crept right into this year. Not saying it's a big problem, but it's a problem right now. Yeah, well, and these are the first seven games against two teams who... I'm sorry, but going into this, I thought Rockies were... I'm going to be honest. I thought the Rockies were going to sweep both of these teams going into mm, these series. The Rays, I wasn't, I wasn't so sure. They had 90 wins last year. They're a good baseball team, but I was I not was, expecting. I was thinking they were still going to sweep them, but either way. Sweeps a lot. And and then, you know, the pitching has not been up to par. Freeland and Marquez, you're only two. Freeland, Marquez, and Davis, based off of yesterday's 11th inning win, are, with them only being your only pitchers who have managed to creep up with a win here is just scary. And not only on the batting side, the defensive side, giving up seven runs against the Miami and then give, uh, and then secondly, giving up seven runs against Tampa Bay. You, the defense is starting to fluster here. Your mm-hmm. pitching game is starting to go all over. This is a cause for concern right now. And I think the big question is, Can the Rockies turn around? And if so, if they can, where are they going to do it? When we come back from a break, Drew Creaseman from BSN Rockies and BSN Denver joins us on the show to talk about the team in purple. We'll be back in a little bit. Let's my is community. My reason why is leadership. My reason why is to inspire others. Why do thousands of teenagers here in Colorado participate in high school sports and activities? My reason why is friendship. Their reasons are as diverse as the students themselves. But the one thing they all share is the opportunity to have fun and learn important life lessons. Lessons like supporting their community, learning how to be a leader, and building lifelong friendships. My reason why is defying expectations. Is there a grade school or middle school student in your family? Then encourage them to participate in a sport or activity when they go to high school. My reason why is to make a change in the world. This message presented by the NFHS and the Colorado High School Activities Association. So, This message presented by the Colorado High School Activities Association and the Colorado Athletic Directors Association. Meet Josh. Hi, everybody. Josh is a high school basketball player, solid shooter, great teammate. Hey, don't forget my tenacious D. And he's my son. Uh Uh-huh. So, what does Josh do to be the best basketball player he can be? I play tennis. Studies show that student athletes here in Colorado who play more than one high school sport are more likely to excel. Tennis does more than improve Josh's conditioning. It gives him a fresh competitive outlet, reduces the risk of injury by cross-training, and introduces him to different coaching techniques and new friends. Don't get me wrong, hoops are my first love. Tennis just gives me a little break. So when the new season begins, Josh isn't burned out on basketball. He's eager to play, and 
you can see the difference in his game. This message presented by the Colorado High School Activities Association and the Colorado Athletic Directors Association. Becker Martin, Mike Kennedy, Jerome Peralta, 4.37 p.m. Mountain West time. We were in a commercial break. Extended commercial break because we were in on Drew Creasman. We call in. Uh, told him to call us about seven minutes ago, but guess something came up momentarily. So as we wait on him, I'm not saying that he's not going to be on the show today, but I'm just saying. We're just moment, waiting for a little bit. Just a little bit of a delay. So if we go over a little bit today, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. We yeah. got plenty of content to talk about. I mean, gives us more time to talk about the Rockies and kind of get more of our thoughts in before we get Drew from BSN Rockies in today. I sent him a thing. I'm like, hey, making sure. We haven't heard back from him. Uh, but just in case he doesn't call in, let's jump back on this purple rainmaker as the Rockies face off against the L.A. Dodgers tomorrow, first game in their first home series of the year against the defending NL champions. Man, I, uh, yeah, if this was a week ago, I would have been a little bit more excited. Through seven games thus far, like I just said, the Rockies team batting average is 197 during this last series against the Rays, in which we only scored two runs in the last 42 innings. The pitching for the Rays was exponentially better than the Rockies. And in this series, for some reason, Colorado had the hardest time against their starting rotation. Morton pitched for the Rays um, yesterday against the Rockies. And Blake Snell, the AL Cy Young winner on Tuesday, completely demolished us, Jerry. Yeah. He completely embarrassed us. Pitched seven innings, allowed only two hits, and struck out 13. The offense for Colorado is just not up to par to where we want them yet. It's not up to where we want them to be just yet. Let's talk about the positives for the Rockies, shall we? Yeah. The positives for this team right now, Herman Marquez and Kyle Freeland. Freeland took the loss on Tuesday, his first of the year. He took it against Snell and his counterpart on the pitching mound, but the Colorado natives struck out 10 batters and only 4.2 innings pitched. And he only gave up three hits. But three runs came off of those three hits. That's why he got taken out. And the Rockies' bats could not keep him in the game. Marquez, though. Herman Marquez, who we just signed to a uh, multi-year extension deal for Herman. He was the factor that kept us in the game yesterday. He pitched seven scoreless innings and struck out seven batters. And allowed us to stay in that scoreless matchup until the 11th inning in which Chris Iannetta did. And I think we're getting the call now. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Matt Kennedy, Jared Peralta on Wired Up. Sweet strawberry icing. You're in goodwill and just past that vintage denim jacket you spot. Miniature donut earrings. You lean in. Ah. Oh. That's the scent of shopping success. Because at Goodwill, every item you buy funds local job training and more. So bring home those donut earrings and bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill. Bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. You took the first step and quit smoking. But even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Back here, Marta, Matt Kennedy, Jared Peralta, 441 Mountain West time. Very, very, very short commercial break. Joining us now on the show as we get back right into this Rockies talk from BSN Rockies and BSN Denver, Drew Creasman, who got stuck in a little bit of traffic, but he's joining us now onward up. Drew, can you hear us A-OK? I can hear you. I've got you. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect, Drew. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're in between 
um, some business stuff. I know opening day is tomorrow, so it's a busy time. So thank you so much for taking your time out of your schedule to join us here to talk some Rocky stuff, to talk some Rocky stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, just left Coors Field seeing all the new renovations they put in for this year. So yeah, they that was just, pretty fun. They just redid the clubhouse, didn't they? Yeah, I just got a look at it, and boy, is it a state-of-the-art facility, and it's like five times brighter than it was last year, <laughs> uh, but it looks nice in there. Drew, before you joined us, we were kind of recapping this last series against the Rays in the first uh, two series for the Rockies in the first seven games of the year. It's not what we expected it to be. We know Denver has had trouble in Florida in the past, and of course you have your podcast um, for BSN Rockies. I listen to it all the time in which you kind of emphasize their hitting, how it's may has yet to pick up. We're still waiting on the effects of the new hitting coach to come on in and see how that's going. But what is your take on what we have seen? And, and Rockies fans, they tend to panic. We know that much. Rockies fans <laughs> right. tend to throw in the towel right away. Even the Denver Post was saying, is it possible for a team to get eliminated from playoff contention before playing a home series? That's what, De- that's what the Denver Post is saying. What is your take? What is your take on everything that we've seen so far? Well, I guess my first answer to that question would be no. It's it's actually not possible for that to happen. Uh, with all due respect to those guys, but yeah, I you know it was one of those things that's really interesting and and kind of difficult from an analysis standpoint because I understand the people saying the offense was the issue all year last year. They couldn't buy a hit in the NLDS. It's the reason they got swept by the Brewers. They didn't really do a ton. You know, they brought in Daniel Murphy. They kind of handed the reins over to these young guys. And so they see the offense as being the exact same, having the same problems. These first two series in Florida, we see that happening again. I see a couple of things that were different. One, you ran into two phenomenal pitching performances from Sandy Alcantara and the defending AL Cy Young winner, Blake Snell. So, you know, good pitching is always going to be good hitting. And and what you were getting at there, I think, is the most important thing. Dave Magadan is the new guy around. And a lot of, you know, he's going to have an impact on this team, but you wouldn't expect in any other sport, you wouldn't expect the offensive coordinator to come into the Broncos and totally change the team up uh, immediately. It takes some time. So, yes, I do think there's some approach issues and some work that needs to be done with the offense, but I think there's plenty of time to do that work. Uh, like you said, Dave Magadan, and you said it on your podcast, I think, yesterday that it's going to take time, and the Rockies, they have to really figure out how they can um, plan for these for these young pitchers that they may have not have seen. How can they come together as a cohesive unit, as a team, their strategy going into these games? But I'm personally concerned on the other side of, of the ball from mm. the performances from Tyler Anderson and Chad Bettis. It's been great. It's been great with Freeland and Herman Marquez. Those two have been absolutely stellar in the first two performances, but on the back end of the starting rotation, there has to be a little bit of concern. Uh, Tyler Anderson, he he did okay in the Cactus League, and um, and Chad Bettis and Tyler Anderson in the first two starts, not with what you want. So what's your take on, on them, and what do you see from them going forward? Is it going to improve, or is it going to stay rather lackluster? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not sure to the second part, of your question, whether or not they, you know, I, I think Anderson's got a little bit more unexplored potential ceiling there. He, he still hasn't been around for that long. And you just look back at 2016, he was one of the best pitchers the Rockies had in his rookie year. I think Chad Bettis, we know more or less what his, his ceiling is. And if he can get back to throwing you a quality start more often than not, then he's perfectly acceptable as a, a fifth guy in the rotation. Uh, but I think you're right to say that side of the ball has to be more concerning. As I, I've been saying for years and years now, this team is a run prevention first team. And I know it's weird for fans of the Coors Field Club to hear that. So, but they're going to score a ton of runs. Yeah, but they got to win ball games on pitching and defense. They need to score more than they did last year, especially if they want to get out of the NLCS. And I think there are ways to do that. But you're right. They have to pitch. They can't have up-and-down pitching seasons, and, and so I think they're going to be shorter leashes on those guys as well. Uh, whether Bettis and Anderson figure it out or not, Jeff Hoffman and Peter Lambert and also Antonio Sensatella are going to be breathing down their necks if they don't. Yeah, that's that's it's going to be a very interesting situation going forward for this Rockies you know, pitching staff, their bullpen, whatnot. Um, moving on from the... 
staying on this side of the ball here, going to the situation with Daniel Murphy, you know, being out a month to deal with this hand injury. So you have guys like McMahon, McMahon and Mark Reynolds coming in to split the duties, covering that back. Um, would this chain, this injury change the projected path and the chemistry that the team wanted to build moving forward? Yeah, uh, I I think since it's just a month, you know, probably not. I do think it's having more of an impact. I was just down to BS in Denver offices, and I was saying, you know, I know it was only like one for ten, and the one hit was not a solid one. But there are so many things that Daniel Murphy brings as an offensive presence, even stuff like, you know, you see the players doing, they're running back to the dugout, but they're telling the next guy something as he's coming up to the plate. Daniel Murphy sees and understands pitching so well, so sometimes telling a guy, hey, he doesn't have a change-up today. If you see that out of his hand, let it go. Wait for that fastball up and in. You can hit that. Stuff like that can change how a, a lineup works. All of a sudden, David Dahl's got to move into the two-spot. Ryan McMahon, who was batting seventh, a very comfortable place for the young man to get his feet underneath him. Now he's got to bat fifth. Uh, you know, there, yeah, that it's going to impact the team. It's going to be some sink-or-swim time for McMahon and Hampson. I think they can come through it, but uh, I do think that yeah, Daniel Murphy was always going to have to be kind of a glue piece for the lineup that lets everyone slot into where they're best suited. And they're going to have to figure it out for a little while without him. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's going to, that's another situation that's going to be fun to watch. Moving to tomorrow's opening day at Coors Field with the Rockies hosting the Dodgers. Yeah. In your eyes, is this first matchup going to be how 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 is the pitching going to be playing that factor into this first game? You have Anderson taking the start for the Rockies and uh, Maida taking the start for the Dodgers. The difference in pitching styles. How do you think this is going to affect going forward? Yeah, that, that's going to be interesting, right? I I think it can work out. It's going to really come down to does Anderson have his good changeup on uh, on the day. And he's always pitched better at Coors Field. One of the weird things, the Rockies have got now three pitchers for whom that has been the case for a while now. Anderson, uh, Marquez, and Freeland. And Gray had one season on his resume where he pitched better at Coors. I just think they got to dominate at Coors, man. They've, beaten, they've had better luck against Maeda when he's a starter as opposed to a reliever. He really ate them up as a reliever. But I think they can get to him. I think if Anderson's got his good stuff, he won't be gotten to by the moment, by the big sellout crowd and all the noise, all the extra fluff that comes with the opening day. That won't get to him. It, it'll, but if he doesn't have a good changeup, he'll give up five runs anyway. <laughs> so, you know, you got you to hope he's got the good stuff. And if he does, it's going to be a good day for the Rockies. Drew, yep. two, two words. Cody Bellinger. Have, mm. you, have you seen what this man has done <laughs> in, in the game yeah. so far? I mean, five home runs. Uh, was it 13 RBIs and he's hitting what 438 so far? I mean, th- I mean the Dodgers have yeah. five guys hitting over 400 with the least 10 at bats. This team has not missed a step since last year. Yeah, I you know I I think they're going to cool. Well, obviously they're going to cool off, right? Because Cody Bellinger's not going to hit 112 home runs this year. Uh, he's a very very good baseball player. I think that they're going to get tripped up more and more though by teams that do. Like, I think more teams are going to start doing what the Rays have been doing, the bullpenning thing, because they also strike out a lot. That's the other side of all the home runs that the Dodgers hit. And so I, I didn't look specifically at the matchups they've had so far. I know they started out uh, there against the Diamondbacks, who are kind of packing it in for the season already, it looks like. But, I, you know, they're, they're going to have a, a harder time this year sustaining that because teams are getting smarter about how to beat the home run only offense, or at least the primary home run offense. You bring in a new guy every inning who can throw 98 miles an hour and you just get a ton of punch outs. Looking at, cause my, my, and, and I'll bring up again, one of my key concerns is the whole Ryan McMahon situation. He did phenomenal in spring training. He did yeah. great this year. I think he had one of the best batting averages out of anybody in the entire league. He did great at second base. Now he's going to have to start playing first and second. What is he going to do this year? Now he's going to have to uh, switch back and forth. Garrett Hampson maybe right on his butt. I know Ryan won that job to start the year. That was his job to win. But how much pressure is he facing, especially after the way he's been, uh, been going so far? 
Yeah, oddly enough, I actually think having Hampson there helps him. One, the two guys are just really good friends, and so I think that helps out. But two, I think that allows him to say, you know, it's not all on me. They've got a backup plan. I can relax and just try to be the best version of myself. But I've been a big believer in Ryan McMahon for a long time since I first saw him out there in Grand Junction. I met him when he was like 18 years old playing in Junction. He's just got such a mind for the game. He's got he's a great athlete. He's got all the intangibles, and he's got some of the tangibles too. <laughs> so uh, I, I think he's actually in for a big breakout year. People are going to get to know Ryan McMahon as a ball player this year. He and David Dahl, I think, are going to be the big story when you're looking at the All Star break, saying, "Wow, this offense actually really did put it together and start hitting." It's going to be those two guys, and McMahon's got twenty to twenty five home run power in that bat for sure, and. Uh, I think he's going to have a big year. Drew, one last question for you. I am currently wearing a Rocky Mountain Vibes ball cap. I'm from Colorado Springs. Yes. Uh, I grew up a Sky Sox fan. They recently switched to to, uh, to the rookie affiliate with the Milwaukee Brewers. Now they rebranded to be the Rocky Mountain Vibes. DJ Rockies face off against the Vibes in the Vibes' first home game of the year. Have you seen that logo? And what do you think of a minor league team making their logo be based off of a s'more? <laughs> yeah, see, I was uh, before you asked me that question. You were saying that I was going to ask you, what do you think? Because I just, I bet, I, I don't know. I, I will say plus points for originality. That's one of the things I do love about minor league baseball teams is some of the cool, crazy, weird names you get, like the flying squirrels. Mm-hmm. Um, vibes is weird, but I do like the logo. I've come around on it. When I first saw the s'more, I was like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I believe it was my exact reaction. <laughs> I, I was uh, I was working with the Sky Sox this last season, their final season as a Triple A team, and I was talking to Chris Phillips, their GM, and he basically said that it is going to be a way to become a marketable brand. They their attendance is going to be not way down, but it may go down in the fact that the quality in baseball may drop a little bit going from AAA to a rookie affiliate. Now the number of games sure. is being cut down as well, so they're trying to make up for that by having fans come to the game. I think they're going to set up like some s'more pits or fire pits within the stadium because before the Sky Sox Stadium, it was just it was boring. It was a boring ballpark. It was you know it's a nice right. ballpark for you know for for a, for a rookie league team, but it's not the best for a AAA affiliate. I mean that's why of course they they moved to Albuquerque or the Rockies did, and that's why all this thing followed suit. But um. It's going to be interesting. I, I'm, I'm not really sure how the community of Colorado Springs is going to react to having this come out. Um, they are coming out with a new mascot. They're keeping Socks the Fox. But now they're coming out with Toasty. The friendly marshmallow is going to be <laughs> Socks' Sox's best friend. So that's, that's, the, that's their new plan down in Colorado Springs. Hey, stick with, stick with what you know and you know, just make sure your stadium fits your marketing if that's going to be your case. Right, just go all out, man. At least don't like you're saying. Don't be boring. Don't like <laughs> like be something that people turn their heads because I think they'll sell some shirts. I might get one of those hats, man. I don't know. I, I think two. I might have to get one. Like just see, it's like conversation start. No one's gonna be like, uh, oh, that's just a normal hat. Like, what do you have? Is that a marshmallow? <laughs> yeah, it's to represent Colorado. You know, all the yeah. mountains for camping. You gotta have yeah. stars. I don't wanna, yeah, good, yeah, good vibes all around. But anyway, Drew Christian from BSN Rockies. Thanks so much for joining us today, Drew. Have fun tomorrow. Have fun at the game um, and the beautiful new additions that they have to the ballpark. And just enjoy Rockies baseball in Denver for the first time in a while. Yep. Yeah, I absolutely will. Uh, thanks for having me. Really, really a lot of fun. Thanks, Drew. Have yep. so much. Thanks Thank so much. You. Have a good one. Yeah. Drew Kreisman yeah. from BSN Rockies joining us today on Word Up. Love him. I listen to his podcast all the time. Go and listen to it. It's on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts. I think it's on Spotify too. Apple, uh, not sorry, uh, BSN Rockies. He's the one who normally does that. He talks all the time. He has daily podcasts, if not every other day, talking to Rockies players. He's there at Coors Field almost every single day, getting interviews, talking to them all the time on there. So anyways, what we're going to get into now after a quick short break Clips of the week. We're going to bring that back for this week. We'll be back in a bit. Matt Kennedy, Joe Peralta, Marta. You took the first step and quit smoking. Yeah, but even former time, smokers uh, may still be at risk for lung cancer. Yeah, at least, That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you we to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. 
It takes only 60 yeah, seconds Harper and quick getting save your life. And then cheers you took the first step, now the take Billy's the next. Hands. Visit savebythescan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're really eligible and want. talk to your doctor about screening. Savebythescan.org oh, yeah. is brought to you yeah. by the American Lung Association's like, yeah, Lung yeah. Force Initiative and the Ad TV Council. Oh, I should. I can't believe you found them. He seems sorry. We very clearly told him not to look up there. I'm honestly impressed that he was able to do it. Right? What did he balance on that big chair? Or... Yeah, I mean, I guess he'll just know what his gifts are this year. I really thought we had hidden them well. If they can find their presence, they can find a gun. 911, what is your emergency? Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. Learn how to make your home safer at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and End Family Fire. Back here, Marta, making it your brawl. So final, final, final few minutes of Wired got, Up today. Got a love technical difficulties. Jerry, was your mic on? Maybe. Was your mic on? Maybe. Could you hear us? Probably. They could hear us on the air. Probably. What I mean, it's saying? not like we were saying anything bad. I don't think it was anything bad. I was offering yeah. stickers. He offered me a CMU TV sticker. I mean, whatever. You kept your mic on the air. It's not, it's not what matters, Matt. It's I'm just all saying that, is that we had we're a trying good to interview. sound professional here, Jer, and you're projecting us when we're supposed to be cut playing commercials. Yeah, it's not the like FCC is going to come the, banging down our doors. Buddy. It's not like it's the first time I've done this, okay? <laughs> Drew says, Let's uh, be honest here. Drew says that was fun. Hit me up anytime. So, Drew Creaseman from BSN Rockies joining us today. You'll go back and listen to that if you missed. The majority of that interview is going to be posted up on our SoundCloud, which I'm trying to get us on iTunes, Jerry. Oh. I, I submitted us a request to put us on iTunes, so maybe you'll be listening to us on Apple Podcast. Maybe. Eventually. It's a definite maybe, but right Eventually now- Eventually get us on Spotify. But right now, our shows can be heard on SoundCloud.com slash Podcast. You can go listen to the Andy Lindahl segment from last week, the Dave Logan one from a few weeks ago, and every- other segment that we have weekly here on the show. So bringing back what we do every single week is clips of the week in which we give our clips in which we think have been appropriate to play because they are uh, notable, memorable, and of course, sometimes funny, controversial, in which they spark some conversation. So I want to bring back um, one of the clips from earlier today. Greg Popovich, the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs, got thrown out of the game yesterday against the Denver Nuggets, 63 seconds into the game. It's a record, NBA Jared. record. NBA record for the quickest ejection out of any head coach, at least if the record wasn't set before, it is set now. So in the post-game interview with head coach for the Denver Nuggets, Michael Malone, on Altitude Sports, Altitude TV, Pop had to come in and interrupt to talk to his friend, and here is how that sounded with his leadership and his ability to make everybody better you know uh, that's what we expect from him and that's what we need from him every single night <laughs> can i help excuse me can i help mike good to see you buddy how you doing good job we were just talking about now NBA what, record what BS is tonight what was the record what happened uh, somebody got thrown out in 63 seconds are you serious <laughs> That, that person must have, I mean, he must have hit somebody. Huh? Did uh, somebody get hit tonight? No, I don't or think so. Or did somebody get cursed at or anything? Uh, it's part of the game in my book. Wow. Okay. Anything else, guys? Hell of a record. That's a very a different tone from him than the I clip know, we saw so earlier. Because that's, so that's the first part of this two minute and 26 clip posted by ESPN brought to you by Altitude Sports. That's the first part. And then in the second part, when Altitude is interviewing Pop, he completely changes his mannerism to be salty and not disrespectful, but just like, are you kidding me? I mean, like, come to, on. Be, to be fair, I get where he was coming from in the second part because he was... This is a bad question. Bad, a bad he was getting question. asked. He was pretty much getting asked the same question in just different styles. I'm surprised I turned off our mics on this at, at, for that first clip. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, you turned off our mics for that one. I think we actually have done that before to where you have not turned off our mics. I think... I mean, it's not like we've ever done any said or done anything stupid on him, anyway. Yeah, but that's besides the point. Yeah, it's just completely different tone for Pop, and it's just funny. Anyways, uh, a couple of days ago, um, <laughs> Mr. Bryce Harper made his DC return, except this time wearing a Philadelphia Phillies jersey, and he was not really welcomed back with a chorus of cheers. As a matter of fact, well, he did get cheered. 
except not at his first at bat. And Max with 85 on the off-speed strikes him out. Short little clip there by MLB <laughs> on their Twitter page. That is Bryce Harper striking out at his first at bat against his former teammate Matt Schwarzer. Did and you? Uh, I don't remember. Did you watch? Did you watch the opening day for the or first game for the Phillies? When, um. Yes. When where, he struck out. When he had went 0-4 and then the Phillies boot him off. Yeah. The Phillies yeah. fans boot him off. The yeah. Field. He is not getting love from a lot of people right now. I mean, well, he's you, probably Phillies are probably loving him now. Well, you know now what? His, you know now what, he's Jerry, starting to get good going yeah, at bat. It's funny that you say that because. DC fans, they started that game completely booing. They were filling up. They were filling up Nationals Park. But by the end of the game, you would have thought it was a Philadelphia Phillies home game, and Bryce Harper had the last laugh. In the air to right center field. How about this for a homecoming? That is crushed into the second deck for Bryce Harper. And he gives those Phillies fans a chance to jump up and down one more time. This ball is K-I-L-T, Kilt Thomas. My goodness. Kilt? Kilt. NBC Sports Philadelphia on the call there. Phillies won that game in dominating fashion. The Phillies fans took over the National Stadium because you would have thought According to that, if you heard that for the first time, if I didn't tell you that it was a Nationals home game, you would have thought that game was being played in Philadelphia because all the fans in D.C. left. Was that a Philadelphia home game? No, it was no, it was it was it was Bryce Harper's return to to D.C. Oh wow, that was in, that was I in did, Washington. I did not know that. It's not like you just said that right now. So, um, Harper, man, he's an interesting case. It's very interesting. <laughs> a very interesting case. I predicted that the Phillies would go to the World Series this year. Yeah. We predicted that. Was that last week or two weeks ago? Last week. Last week. Anyways. It was a very bold prediction. Jerry, as we wrap up the show, do you have any uh, clips that you want to play? I don't know. Those are the ones that I picked. Do you have any ones that you particularly want? Uh, or? I don't have any clips, but I have probably like pro- probably bring up the AA- the AAF. Yes. They suspended football. They suspended football. They're, they're no longer a league anymore. They gave uh, – they pretty much just gave a championship to – the, the team down in Orlando. They were only one week out from their season to the postseason for football, and they had to suspend. That's probably the biggest thing that I saw this week. Sucks. It really sucks. I really wanted that league to succeed. And I, I really did. I was really enjoying highlights. Like, watching the highlights for them was really fun. Good football. It was really it good. good football, but the money was not there. They did not have And then have the NFL didn't want to jump. Yep, neither did the NFL that one. So... Yeah, XFL next year. <laughs> uh, Vince McMahon. No, I, I'm turning what away you from gonna football do, after NFL's done. I ain't watching XFL. I'm watching the XFL. You can tell I me how that, that goes because I'm not looking forward to it. Join us next week. Same time, same place. Same radio dial, 99.3 FM, KMSA. Thanks for joining us. Matt Kennedy and Jared Peralta. Wired up. We'll see you next time next week. Have a good one.